The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Up. Welcome to the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Got a good show lined up for you today. Later, we'll be talking uh, elder law, estate planning. You know, a lot of the, uh, of the listeners of the show in WGNS have been listening for quite some time. You know, they're getting uh, later into retirement years. You don't want to miss the elder law segment with John Bakery, state planning attorney, because it's one of those areas. It's like, and it's just, there's so there's, there's a couple that not every area of financial life can, you know, you need, you need to hire a professional, but the elder law and Medicaid planning, nursing home, paying for it, making sure you don't have any major mistakes is one of those areas. I think requires some serious expertise, but first let's talk about 401k IRA, Roth IRA, Roth 401k, uh, very common question, especially among younger folks. And even if you're more established, you may say, well, my company is offering a pre-tax 401k contribution. They're also offering a, uh, a, a post-tax or a Roth IRA contribution. Which one should I do? And I think depending on where you look, it's it's not as easy a question to answer because the information, it really doesn't make it black or white. It doesn't make it cut and dry. Same thing with a Roth IRA conversion. And here's the end of, here's the, end of the line truth about it. And there's no uh, other way to put it other than that it all has to do with taxes, tax rates. And we don't know tax rates. We know tax rates today, like income tax rates. And... Your income tax rate today, to make the right call, we got to know, and the right call is not going to be known until it's too late because we don't have a crystal ball. You know, the tax rates we're paying today may be different in the next election cycle. That may be different uh, when you're in retirement. But here's the typical rule of dumb or thumb, and that is while you're working and saving, you have all these other expenses, you're paying Social Security, Medicare tax, and you're paying. Uh, you know, gas and food and, and you're saving money in your retirement and you're paying down debt, your expenses to live and maintain and accumulate retirement assets are higher in your working years. Then you retire and those things go away. Maybe there's no more mortgage. There's no more kids. There's not paying uh, almost 8% to payroll taxes. You're not going, you're not eating out for lunch every day. Uh, you are traveling uh, more probably in retirement, but it's highly unlikely. Not you know, it's not like it's not possible, but it's highly unlikely that at retirement your income tax rate, as far as well as students say that, because you don't know the future, like I said, but your income is going to go down. It's going to go down in retirement. 
I don't know how much it's going to go down. I don't know if it's going to go down enough to change your tax bracket, but it's going to go down. But the question of, do I do a regular IRA or a Roth IRA? Do I do regular pre-tax 401k contributions or do I do Roth 401k contributions? Uh, I think you need to be doing a combination of both. Um, if you're starting out you want to make it simple, do 50-50. But it also comes in, if you're making you know, six, dollars $700,000 a year, uh, I don't know how valuable uh, you know, the, the Roth contribution is for you because I'm talking about 401k because the tax savings on your 401k, the pre-tax, you're in the top tax bracket. You're deducting the contribution at 36% or whatever it is. Uh, so that's another thing. But in, you know, in just normal situations, you know, average income, we need a little bit of pre-tax. We need a little bit of Roth. Until you get closer to retirement, there is no way to know how much exactly you need to have in Roth money. And this is a hard concept to articulate, even in person, certainly over the air. But the way the tax code works today, if you are married, $24,000 is the standard deduction. Meaning if you have $24,000 of income, it poof magically disappears and then the next part of the tax code is your taxable income or tax your income is taxable after that $24,000 write-off but up to a certain amount you don't pay tax the way social security counts uh, isn't all taxable depending on your income so in a very simple way if we have money coming from a taxable source like a pre-tax 401k a tax-free source like a Roth 401k Social Security that doesn't count all the way. If we combine those three income sources together efficiently, effectively, because we planned ahead, we can affect, we can make it where you pay no tax. That's what the that's what the game is about. We're looking ahead to the future to figure out what we need to have coming in from each source to determine if we can pay zero tax on our income that's the goal and that means we don't need to have everything in pre-tax and everything in roth and i know one radio show host just gets on there and says everybody got to do a roth you know live on less than you make you know pay off your debt they put everything in a roth and i'm oversimplifying but it, it's just not it's not reality it's not how it works. We've got to do what's best for you, what you're trying to achieve. Until I know what that is, I can't tell you that. That's the beauty of this show, what makes it different. I appreciate you listening. Like I said, we'll talk elder law, estate planning right after this short break. Keep it locked in. Financial Coaching Radio. There's more coming back at you right after this. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. 
Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THNW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THNW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Walls, certified financial planner. We'll talk for we will talk elder care and elder law this segment with John Baker, estate planning attorney. John Tell the listeners a little bit about what elder law is, what Medicaid asset protection is, and how it relates to your practice or just law practices in general. Go. Yeah, so elder law is is, is a uh, kind of an umbrella of another different areas of practice in law, and it's client centric, and that that it's focusing on the needs of of the client. So it could be estate planning. Take it a little closer, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Can we start over? <laughs> no, go ahead. So, so elder law could be, uh, uh, you know, include includes a uh, uh, an umbrella of different practice areas that are client centric and focused on the needs of the client. So it could be, you know, estate planning, powers of attorney, wills, trusts. Uh, it could be, uh, 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 you know, disability issues, Medicaid. Uh, you know, so it can cover a lot of different uh, areas, even elder abuse or elder fraud. So basically trying to meet the needs of that client, regardless of what particular area of law it may be dealing with. But those are the, generally the primary areas that we tend to, to think about when we think of, of, of elder law. Now, this is a Q&A with another elder law attorney. I found this interesting, and, and I think a lot of people do try to do this. He says, never try to do a spin-down, a Medicaid spin-down on your own or at the advice of a nursing home. In many cases, uh, elder law attorneys can save half, if not all, of the assets for your spouse or loved ones. Do you agree with that statement, that it's, it's one of those complex areas of planning? Uh, when you're trying to get your assets underneath a certain threshold to qualify for Medicaid. Yeah, so, so yeah, so the, the rules are, are, you know, for, for Medicaid spend down, which can involve a, a, a number of different things that may not be technically spending the money on care. There are other things that we may be able to lawfully do with the funds. You know, if there's a spouse at home, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of planning opportunities there uh, afforded under the rules that are intended to avoid impoverishing the spouse at home. Uh, so, so yes, a lot of times, uh, if not most of the time, um, if, if we really look at this and analyze it, we can come up with a plan that economically is going to do better than just simply spending it till, till it's all gone. 
And what about uh, a lot of people give away assets, give away stuff um, in this, you know, their self, I guess, directed spin down. How does gifting work as it relates to Medicaid planning? Yeah, so, so Medicaid, which is a need-based government benefit that, that can pay for long-term care, uh, you know, primarily, you know, uh, nursing home care. And, um, you know, but there are rules about the assets because it's a need-based qualification. And if you give away an asset, uh, you know, within particular time frames, it can cause a penalty where the person, where the uh, Medicaid program will not cover the care for a period of time, you know, called a penalty period. So anytime you're going to involve gifting with with someone that's entering a, a, um, you know, a nursing home and will be applying for Medicaid, uh, you certainly need to be talking to you know to to a uh, elder law attorney that that understands the rules of Medicaid before you you know jump into that. But med- gifting can be part of planning. But, but you got to do it right. But you got to do it right. That, that's very correct. And a lot of people just well, we're going to give away the house, and that yeah. just it creates all kind of other. I mean, issues. I've had people, you know, they they find out a relative is going into the nursing home, or is you know just entered the nursing home, and and the relative. You know that the, the house gets signed over to the a relative, and and uh, and I say, well, he's he need, he's going to have to have Medicaid now. You know that that's just not going to work. And uh, you know you know then you have to deed it back to the person. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, you know there's rules with spouses though. We we can we can we can transfer assets among the spouses without um, a, a look back. You know without a penalty period. So uh, so sometimes uh, you know titling the assets. To the community spouse, the spouse that's at home, and out of the name of the spouse in the nursing home can, can be part of a, a good plan. Uh, but again, you know, this stuff, you know, it's like tax law in the sense that uh, you really need a good tax advisor to advise you on how to uh, minimize your taxes because it can be very complicated. And, and Medicaid, you know, its rules are very complicated also, and, and it's uh, so. Not. So is Medicare, which is the health insurance program, yes. at 65, but Medicaid is a state-based. Yeah, for, in, in this context, we're talking about yeah. how you pay for a nursing home if you have very little assets right. left. So Medicaid is primarily funded by the federal government under federal law, but it's administered through the states under under agreements with the federal government. And each state has its own program, that, and they all will operate a little bit differently. And so you've got to be familiar with your particular state and, and, and what their rules are and what benefits that your uh, state provides. Should you let a nursing home fill out a Medicaid application? So, yeah. So you, you mentioned that just a second ago about, you know, a nursing home filling it out or, or, or doing the application. So if, if, you, uh, if, if, if your resources are such that, uh, you, uh, let, let's say that you're widowed or a single individual and you have, you know, essentially little or no assets, then... Uh, uh, and, and you know a, a nursing home can can uh, you know probably do that application. But if you've got a spouse, if you own a home, if you've got you know other assets, you know you, you really need help because the nursing home uh, staff that are going to do the uh, do the Medicaid applications, while they have some familiarity with Medicaid law and and, and can complete a form and application for you. You know they're not they're not attorneys they're not financial advisors it's not their job to to plan it 
uh, in that manner. And so that, that you're, you're asked, if, if, you, if you have a situation where you have a home and you have assets and you're asking a nursing home to uh, do your application, uh, you need to realize that, that it's not their job to, to be your elder law attorney or to be your financial advisor and to figure out all those more complicated things. And so uh, the simple thing I'd like to keep in mind, if, if you have a very simple situation, yes, the Medicaid, the nursing home may be able to do it, but, but if you own resources, if you own a house, um, you really need to be, uh, you know, talking to an elder law attorney that can give you, uh, you know, that may be able to help you more. If you're just joining in, we're talking elder law and estate planning with John Baker. BakerCouncil.com is the web address, BakerCouncil.com. I'm trying to think through this in terms of real life. Obviously, we talk a lot of these uh, these topics conceptually, but let's kind of go through it. So someone is finally ill enough, sick enough, and bad health enough, and they need full-time nursing home care. Are they able just to go you know, sign up and walk into a nursing home? How does that work logistically? And then once you know they kind of get, I guess, do they have to be approved through Medicaid? Do they have to agree to pay for it themselves? You know, how does it work in real world? So, so how it will work most of the time is that um, in one situation, a person would have had a health issue. Maybe it was a fall. Maybe they had an infection. You know, some sort of health issue put them in the hospital. And then they have a hospital stay, uh, you know, for at least three days. Uh, and then, uh, then they transition to a skilled facility initially for rehabilitation, you know, to, 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 to get better from what put them in the hospital. And, and, and that facility, um, you know, can be a Medicaid, you know, uh, qualifying uh, nursing home. And so while they're on Medicare that's paying for their rehabilitation, their short-term their health rehabilitation, plan. their health insurance plan, um, if, if, if it appears that they're going to be there long-term and, and, and they're not going home, um, and that they're going to need medic, you know, they're going to need benefits to to pay for this care because it's very expensive. Uh, then they need to look at transitioning that to over into Medicaid. Now, if you don't come in the nursing home that way, uh, and and you just are admitted, you know, you come, you know, you just your family has decided or, or something, you know, you're, you're just too ill to stay at home, and 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 they believe you should be in a nursing home. If you are admitted to the nursing home, uh, then initially you're not on Medicaid. You're, you're, you're uh, you know, you're initially private paying, but then you can try to uh, then, then you, you try to then qualify. you can make application once once you're admitted and then make application. Is it easy just to get admitted into a nursing home? Uh, no, you, you know, can you just you, go you, to anyone you choose. You have how does to that work? need that level of care. But I was like, well, how do you how do you pick where you want to go? Yeah, well, I, you know, just here, you know, in 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 Rutherford County, where you know where I practice, uh, uh, there there there, uh, you know, bed space can be an issue, and, and and the number of Medicaid beds. It is not unusual if I have a client that may have been a resident of Rutherford County, but they have to go to uh, Coffee County or. or, or Franklin County or yeah, my aunt right, County my aunt right now County. is in Warren County. Yeah, so so. Uh, and I think my uncle is in maybe yeah. um, Williamson County. So it's an availability, you know, situation uh, there. And it sounds like that's a high stress situation for families in that it, situation. It, it, it is stressful. It, it, it's a very stressful situation. Uh, we, you know, we try to uh, 
to 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 you know help them some with that by taking some of that load off of them and helping them through the process but it's still stressful it's still still typically a lot of leg work for the family member or the spouse because you know there's a lot of documentation we need we have to have all the financial information the property records you know there's just a lot of uh but there's uh, bed space they'll let you in if you can pay for it or you're already qualified for medicaid and are you yeah. saying that you have to pay for your own um care until you have qualified for medicaid or well, maybe in the meantime to your application yeah, so, so if, if you're not coming in for rehabilitation on medicare which is your like you said your health insurance basically um if you're not coming in on that you're just coming in you know directly into the nursing home not from the hospital uh then you're 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 going to have to private pay initially until you apply for and are approved for medicaid you're just joining in. We're talking estate planning, elder law with John Baker. We're going to take a quick break. Keep it locked in here right here on WGNS. This is Financial Coaching Radio. plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134. Or go to my website, jasonqualscfp.com. We do it your way at Pizza Pizza. Join the team at Murphy Spurl's favorite pizza restaurant. Sir Pizza is now hiring at all three locations. Come by and be part of the team at Sir Pizza. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio, the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. Financialcoachingradio.com. Learn all about the show. Click email the show. Social media links if you want to jump in. I'm with John Baker at bakercouncil.com, estate planning attorney, elder law attorney. We just came off a really great elder law segment. Make sure you listen to the podcast at financialcoachingradio.com. Changing up to more traditional estate planning. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, John. And I know this is not... You know, there's no way you can answer this you know, totally accurately, but is there a general situation where you would recommend a revocable trust um, kind of hands down over every you know, a will-based plan? And what is the driving factors for you? Is it, and aside from privacy, it, it, mm-hmm. because that's the one thing that the, the will will never be that the trust is, but what is the biggest aspect of choosing a trust uh, for your practice? 
Yeah, so you're right. You know, privacy is obviously a big part of that, and 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 kind of related to that is you know probate court avoidance because the the trust is private because it avoids court, and of course courts are public forums, so they're public records. So, so by avoiding probate court, you you uh, you know you, you you have privacy, and of course the trust is otherwise drafted to to mostly operate privately. And uh, but you know aside from from those issues, you know how do how do we determine? Uh, you know, there's no hard and set thing. I would say the the uh, uh, the more uh, complications you have in your planning, or, or the more assets, or the complexity of the asset makeup, you know that you're probably leaning more to trust. Uh, if you're doing children's trusts, you know family member trusts, mm-hmm. you know at your death. Um, inheritance type trust. Um, you know, I do like to use. Uh, I, you know, and lawyers will do it different ways, but I. Like, it's like on each side I like of the fence. It's either trust. like people prefer will-based plans, some people yeah. prefer trust plans all the time, and it's usually yeah. dealing with a bad experience with probate or you know, being yeah. drugged out, dragged out. Um, but the difference, really, other than what the, each vehicle does, a will and a trust, is a cost issue, right? Trust costs more money than will. Yeah, so they, they're going to cost um, uh, more on the, on the setup on the front end. Yeah, but they're probably going to save you some costs on the back end, you know, at, you know, at your death. So, you know, the, the cost uh, really, uh, it, you know, I don't think a lot about the cost, you know, as I'm evaluating it because... If we're doing the trust, there's there's reasons why we're doing it, and it and it and it's driving that more than the cost, uh, you know. But uh, and that kind of gets a little bit back to you know the more complicated the estate planning is. You know, if we're creating marital trusts, if we're creating children's trusts, if we got special you know disabled special needs trusts, um, we've got other complicated uh, issues, maybe blended family issues. You know, different you know marriages coming together. Um, you know those things are what are, are maybe are more likely to be driving the, the trust planning, you know, than just just purely a, a cost factor. Because if a plan gets complicated enough, it doesn't matter whether you're writing it in a will or a trust. It's still complicated, and it's still going to be you know it's still going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know it's some so so you know cost is a factor, and people need to be aware of that. But but it's you know I, me personally as the lawyer, I'm not really. You know, I'm thinking more in terms of of of, of what are we doing here, and and, and and does this make sense, and and uh, is there a reason why we're doing this? But there's you know really no hard and fast rule. Uh, you know, I do have a lot of people that come in, and 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 you know they've heard about trust, or they've had a family member that's had a trust. So a lot of times they're coming in. You know, we want a revocable trust, or we you know we want a trust, and then we go through and we talk about them and. And, and and see if it's a fit for for, mm. for the person and um, so that's kind of how I do it uh, you know different lawyers will do it different ways like I said there there are lawyers that, that that design complex trust plans in a wheel and so some of it just comes down to how the the lawyer um, you know his own philosophy and how, mm-hmm. how they want to do the estate planning and of course there's the high net worth the exemption sure. is such a ridiculous amount now is yes. it like, is it like 13 million I don't even Same. know what the exact figure is right now. I think it's close to 13 per person. That would know, be 26 it, yes. million yeah. married. You'd have and to I don't, you know, in my conversations with clients, I don't even get up to that figure really. I, I just, I, I try to keep it, you know, a, a little simpler conversation and, and, and basically tell them, look, if, if you're, 
uh, uh, you know, if you're if you're a, a married couple and you're not worth you know multi millions of dollars here, you know several millions, then then we're you know why we don't want to just completely ignore the you know estate taxes. Uh, you know the 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 chances of you uh, paying estate tax or uh, or needing to do you know some complicated tax planning or, or, or you know it's, it's probably you know pretty pretty low there. Uh, so I. Uh, uh, so generally, you know, if, you know, most of the people that come in my office do not have five or ten million dollars. So so. Where I am on trust plan, because we could make an argument, you know, everyone should do a will-based plan, or for this reason, everyone should do a trust-based yeah. plan. For and we both be wrong on both facets because it's really a personal choice most of the mm-hmm. time. But, you know, I've recommended trust several times and referred them over to you mm-hmm. when their net worth gets up there to a significant yes. amount, mm-hmm. just because I fear that the laws could change. And if we did a yes. will-based plan today, then you'd have to redo the whole thing for tax yeah. purposes. Well, and, and so... And, so I think and like 7 to $10 million range, I'm thinking, hey, yeah. let's just get a trust because, hey, we may need well, this thing anyway. Yeah, and you can do the trust, the tax planning in, in the will. You know, you can do it in the will oh, or you the can. trust. But you know that what the issue is though it's not it's not just that the taxes have become you know the tax planning has become complicated at that point, it's that uh, the other aspects of their planning are, are more complicated. They have more resources, more assets, more more need to protect. You know, uh, so uh, it's all those other things that that are uh, you know that you're really looking at. But uh, yeah, but so for most people today, you know, it's a short conversation about estate taxes. But if they do, you know, if I've got people coming in and if they are worth five or ten million dollars, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to have a conversation and say, here's the law today, um, and, and and it could change. Do you care enough about building the you planning know? into it today for the yeah. law change? So because we, they keep we, threatening every election cycle. You know, so can't you know? So there's, you know, you just have conversations and figure out, uh, you know, what we need to do in that particular case. But yes, so I guess the simple way to look at it: the more you've got going on in your estate plan, the more you're worth, the, the complexity of your assets, the complexity of your family situation, you know, uh, the need for any, you know, protection of assets for, for beneficiaries. The more of that type of thing you have, you know, the more likely you're going to be doing some sort of, you know, trust plan. For just joining in, this is Financial Coaching Radio. John Baker has been part of this segment, BakerCouncil.com, Elder Law, Estate Planning. John, if someone has a question for you off the air, what's the best phone number to reach you? Yes, where is 615-896-5621. 896-5621. 896-5621. John, I appreciate your time. All right, thank you. Financial Coaching Radio back right after this. are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free certified financial planner Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonqualls.cfp.com. 
A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Financial Coaching Radio, Monday through Friday at 4 o'clock right here on WGS online anytime. FinancialCoachingRadio.com. Social media can be found there too. Uh, don't post a lot on social media. I need to get better at that because I feel like my perspective is uh, a little unique when it comes to financial planning because I'm not a salesperson. You don't want to work with the financial salesperson. But nonetheless, if you want to check me out on social media, Jason Qualls, CFP.com. You can find the links there, financialcoachingradio.com. You can find out what I do, why I do it. And uh, there's, uh, at one time, I knew how many commission-free advisors were in this area. I don't keep up with it anymore. But, hey, if you're one of those guys out there, I mean this whole heart. If you're a fee-only, independent CFP, you're in practice, hey, reach out to me. Let's let's talk. I want to know more about your practice because we you know we're we're kindred in the soul of the business here. We're we're trying to serve people. We're not financial salespeople. And if you're listening to this show, you got to get a second opinion. You got to get a second opinion on your investments, your financial plan from an independent fee only CFP. I appreciate you listening. I'm out of here for today. More local talks on the way. See you next time.